I have something cool to share for communion today. Um, and it's about being connected to Jesus in just like everyday, ordinary things. Um, so it actually happened yesterday. We had a couple of cool things, Amy and I. We were down in Margaret River watching the surfing, being cool like that. And <laughs> we were sitting there and to explain very quickly, there's two different surfing points and they were at the one where it's really hard to get to, no parking, and the guys were like, don't even, like, it's probably not even worth trying. And Amy and I were like, no, no, we came all this way, we're going to go see them surf. So we jumped in the car, went down there, there are cars everywhere, in front of us, behind us, and we're stopped by the parking guy. And we had prayed for a park, we're like, it's going to be fine, like, thank you Jesus that we've got park, we've got favour, it's going to be a great day. And we pull up to the parking guy and he's like, hold on, there's one park just in there. And literally there are like so many cars behind us. We've just seen so many cars be waved on to like 20 minutes down the road into like Gracetown where it is. And so we just get this park and it's right next to where all the seat, like where the rocks are, where you have to sit and everything. And it was amazing. And the guy, like the parking attendant was even picking up on it. He was like, man, you guys must have the parking fairies with you today. And we just kind of looked at each other and went, yeah, fairies, that's, that's what it was. Um, it was really cool. So anyway, we got to watch the surfing and it was amazing. Um, and then we're coming back to the car and we did something a little bit silly and left the lights on for three hours while we were sitting there. Um, and as, yeah, that was Amy, not me. And as we were sitting there, she's revving the car. She's trying to, we're like, Jesus, it's okay. Like, thank you, Jesus. This is going to start and it's going to be fine. Cause we're literally very far away from probably any RAC help. <laughs> and this guy who is parked right next to us, happens to be getting in his car, happens to have jumper cables in, like, his kid's baby seat, grabs him out, he's like, hey, do you want me to jumpstart your car for you? And we're both sitting there like, oh, we thought, we're, like, there were utes everywhere. We're like, I'm sure there's someone. But this guy just came up right as a time when we were like, Jesus, this isn't starting. What the heck do we do? <laughs> and it was really cool. And we had just, like, prayed pretty much the entire, like, way down and, as we are going around, we are like, thank you, Jesus, for, like, unexpected miracles and just, like, cool stuff happening. And, like, before we had even gotten in the car to drive to the surfing, we were like, we just want to do what you want us to do. And as we were sitting there, we were like, we, like, where do you want us to go? Where should we go? Where should we be right now? And, like, it's the same, like, Jesus wants us to be like that all the time, just, like, in all the little things, like finding a car park so you don't have to walk an extra 10 minutes. And, like, he cares about that stuff too because as the parking attendant saw, people realise that there's something different. They're like, oh, this is really strange. Like, you you got it. Like, you guys must have some favour on you pretty much. And, yeah, people will start picking up on it around you when you are just in that constant place of connection with God. And, like, communion is really important for that because literally we are in him, he is in us. And that's, like, why we take communion. And um, whenever I take communion, God show me that, yeah, you can literally be absorbed into Jesus' body. Like you are literally, as you drink the wine, you're absorbed into his body. You are completely one with him. Today I've got two bed and breakfast cleaning after church. And um, originally it was supposed to be one yesterday and one today. And then she rang me and she said, oh, no, they're both on Sunday. Now I'm supposed to do them between 10 and 2. And I thought, okay, Lord, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to start the other one. And I asked her and she said the second one wasn't until later anyway. No one's going in there. So anyway, um, that's okay. So then this morning she sends me a message saying, oh, um, the first one that I was supposed to do first starting at 10 o'clock, she said, oh, I've given them late check-in. They're not leaving until 11.30. So if you can start that one at 11.30, then you can do that one. And then the other one, no one's going in there, so you can do that one after, which is what I had decided. I thought, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to do that. And when we put God first, that's what he does. He put that in place. I didn't know anything about it. I thought one yesterday, one today. And then she just says this morning, oh, no, they both got late check-in, so you can't start until after 11.30 anyway. Praise God. Uh, g'day, everyone. Um, on Saturdays, we go out on the street to pray for people. Um, and yesterday was really amazing. Um, so the first, me and Amy were walking from uh, the place where we did worship and prayer, and then we walked to the beach in Scarborough. Um, and as we were walking, we see this lady with her little kid just walking. And so I just started up a conversation with her, um, chatted for a little bit. And then I just sort of asked, do you have any pain in your body? Sounds weird. I know. But is there any pain in your body? Might be a neck or anything. She said, actually, yeah, my shoulder, I've, I've 
always got pain in, in my shoulder and it's been like that since she was born, like, and she was about two, three years old. Um, and I was like, hmm, okay, well, look, can I quickly pray for your, your shoulder? And she was like, oh, okay. So I just prayed for her shoulder once and she was like, oh, wow, it feels amazing. And I was like, is it still there? And she was like, yeah, it's a little bit, just a little bit now. So I prayed again and it completely left. Um, and so that was one of many testimonies from yesterday. But it was just really cool because it's sort of like a normal situation. How, you know, you might just be walking next to someone on the street or you might be just standing in line in a coffee shop or something just to spark up a conversation and, and then, you know, bring Jesus to them and, like, Really, that sort of stuff changes their life. And we just had a chat after that about um, like who we are as Christians, that it's actually just a normal thing that we do as Christians. Um, and, yeah, so it was, it was really amazing. Another really cool one, sorry, one more time, is um, we walked up to one person and, was, and, you know, started chatting and asked if he wanted prayer. And then um, he did, so I prayed for him, which was good. But then this little girl... Um, how old do you think she was? About nine, something like that. She's like, my dad's got pain in his shoulder. My dad's got pain. And I'm like, oh, really? And she's like, yeah. I was like, oh, not you. I'll just pray for him. And so I prayed for this guy. She's like, he's over here. And then she's like, this is my dad. <laughs> this is my dad right here, right here. I was like, okay. So I went around. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? I'm like, um, look, your daughter just said you've got pain in your shoulder. Um, and he's like, oh, nah, you know, it's, it's good. I'm like, like, right now, do you have pain? He's like, no. Nope. And, and she was like, yes, you do. You, got, you get pain in your shoulder. He, right now, I, like, kept dobbing him in. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. I got pain in my shoulder. I'm like, all right, man. And I just ended up praying for him. And he said that it went away and everything, which was really good. And then we just got to share, like, the gospel with him and actually talk about um, Jesus with him. And it was just really cool how, like, the faith of a child, it's like, oh, no, there's his pain. You're going to pray that it goes away. And she just, here he is. And I just feel like um, too often we, uh, we doubt what Jesus can do. And I guess that's why it says have faith like a child because they literally just, like, they know when you say it'll be healed. It'll be like, oh, okay. And then they'll just do it. So, yeah, it was a great day yesterday. Yeah, it's awesome, isn't it, what God is doing? It's, I love how he brings everything together because that's pretty much what I'm talking about today as well. But um, when we take communion, you know, take it every day. Take it three times a day if you need to, um, just because it reminds us of who is with us. It reminds us that we're in him and he's in us. And it's not about what we can do, it's about what he can do through us. And as Rebecca said, you know, he just, and everybody's really said, it's about connecting with him. And when we take communion, it's just reinforcing that connection. Just, I receive you, I just, I engage with who you are and what you've done and I just step into that place. So as we take the cracker this morning, just engage with him and all that he is and every need every every place you know that you need him to just come and fill you more just receive him as you as you eat this morning let it go let him go down on the inside of you more and more to all those places and just everything that you need and desire is found in him we're complete in him the bible says i wanted to just um carry on with where the lord's been leaving us leading us this morning He's not been leaving us, but leading us this morning. But um, I just, I feel like heaven's been engaging with us. I felt that yesterday when I woke up this morning. I was like, oh, God's, God's on to, going to just release something today. Um, I felt like he wanted to just um, land something in and on us. So I want us to be expectant even more than we are. Just to be expecting that God is going to lift something off us so that we're able to just receive from him, that he's going to impart to us. He's going to expand our hearts. He's going to deposit things in our spirit. He's going to renew and touch our minds where we may have been struggling. And I just welcome the angelic realm into this place even more. I'm a cloud of witnesses. We want to engage with heaven today and just receive Whatever is happening in heaven, that, that, that would be received into us and then we're able to release it on earth. So, Lord, I pray that you would lift our expectation, that you would lift the veil of our eyes, Lord, that you would unstop our ears, that you'd soften our hearts right now. We soften them before you. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness where we haven't believed what you have said to us, Lord, where we've doubted you, Lord. We just pray that you would help us with our unbelief, Lord, and, Lord, that you would lift our expectation of what you are able to do in us and through us, Today, right now, in Jesus' name, we ask for that. 
that positive faith. Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Alrighty, I, I just really feel like the Lord wants to start to generate even more so. It's like what Miriam said, it's like we can sit in a cage and the door's been unlocked and it's like there's so much more out there and, and Amy even sang about lifting our feet off the ground and coming up because unless we come up out of the things of the world and the problems and the concerns, it's like the seed and the sower parable, you know, God will speak to us but then it'll get snatched away, either by our hearts being too hard, by cynicalness and, and um, just doubt and unbelief, that God said something and it just won't take root, or there's cares or distractions of the world or desire for other things or persecution comes, pressure comes, and we let go of the word that is spoken. It's like what Shara says, we have to be more aware of what God says than anything down here because down here is a false reality a lot of the time. It is not real. It's like smoke screens, always trying to cloud our view from what God is saying and releasing from heaven to us and releasing through his word to us. You know, if we grabbed hold of this with everything and believed every word in it, what sort of person would we be? And that's how God wants us to be. And it's our hearts get so cluttered and crowded and our minds need to be renewed. You know, our mind is a battlefield, like Philip said. The truth is in us, but our mind will battle with it. And it has to be that the government of our mind comes under the government of our spirit, not the other way around. Yeah? Our mind is a great servant but a terrible master. It is that we're meant to be walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. And so today I want to just generate some faith and expectation of, for God to do something in our midst, to do something here but to do something through and in us. Because as, as Mike said, if you just get out there and do stuff, you don't, don't underestimate what Jesus can do through you and that people want to know and we just we second guess ourselves we we say people's no for them and it's like God wants us to expect more and for us to feed that rather than our doubts how often do we feed our doubts and our unbelief rather than feeding our faith because if you're here you have a measure of faith in you you have been, all of us have been given a measure of faith to believe that Jesus is the son of God that he died and rose again yes we all have that measure of faith yes so your measure of faith, you can grow, yeah? And it comes by spending time in his presence. It comes by gathering with others who believe the same or more than you. It comes by spending time in his word, not just reading it, but actually meditating on it and getting it inside of you and eating it like it's a feast. You know, it's like getting it and, you know, chewing on it, not just, you know, snacking, but chewing on it. And it's like... Being, looking for opportunities to put it into practice. You know, look, for, look for ways to stretch yourself because if you don't stretch yourself, you don't stretch your faith muscles, they'll just stay the same and actually they go backwards. It's like our bodies, it's the same. If we don't use the muscles we've been given, what happens? They go flabby. Shara's upset because she hasn't been able to use her leg muscles. And what's happened? <laughs> There's nothing there. But once she starts to use those muscles again, what's going to happen? She's going <laughs> to... You'll be sore. Well, that's right. I went to F45 and did the 530, 6.30 class with her and um, I'm sore today. But I know that I'm sore because I haven't used some of those muscles. But me using them is making them stronger. And the same goes from our measure of faith. We've got to use that and, and put wheels in our faith and use it because otherwise we'll stay flabby. Do you want to be a flabby Christian? Yeah, who can't take any weight and pressure, who when God says something, it just washes off you. We don't want to be like that. We know what we are capable of. We just second guess ourselves and we second guess the power of God working in our lives. God wants us to walk this out. And so we've got to build our measure of faith and start to expect more. And I know we get disappointed, but you know what? When you get disappointed, just get back on the word, get back around people who encourage you and get back up and get out there again. Yeah? Because that's what God, you know, like the disciples had disappointments and, he, and Jesus would disencourage them and going, it's okay, why are you so, you know, lacking in belief? Just get back out there again and do it again. Because when we have a disappointment, don't give up. Just come back to Jesus, let him encourage you again. And then, yeah, what do we do? We don't just sit on our butts, we get back out there. Yes? God gives us ability to bounce back. Philip and I are bounce backers. Yeah? <laughs> Yeah, why are we bounce backers? Because God gives us a kick up the butt and says, get back out there. Yeah, and, and it's like we, can't, we either give up 
or we keep going. Yeah? And give up is not an option. I'm sorry, but I'm going to come and hunt you down if you give up. I'm going to hunt you down and say, get back out there, get the word in you, get in the presence, get around people who believe, get in around preaching that can encourage you. You know, the Lord said to me, listen to a message every single day. And I've been doing it and I can feel it starting to work because we get disappointed and we get anxious and we get tired and we're like, oh, yeah? And it's like we've got to feed our faith and our measure of faith will grow. I love this, um, um, Nehemiah is where I'm actually going to go from today. Nehemiah was um, chosen, it's chapter 6, verse 3. Nehemiah was chosen to go uh, by the Lord to go back and help rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The exiles had gone back, Jerusalem had been, you know, kind of flattened and they're trying to rebuild the walls because unless you've got a wall up around your city, the enemies will come in. No matter what you do inside the wall, they're just going to come and plunder you. And so the, the people knew that when they went back and they were able to go back and start to rebuild, that they needed to have their wall up in place. And they had been getting very despondent because every time they tried to do anything and rebuild bits of the wall, they would be attacked by all these enemies, not just one or two, but quite a lot. And so Nehemiah is asked to go back. And so he goes and he surveys the land. He surveys the wall. He looks at what he's got. He looks at the people. That's one of the ways you bounce back, by the way. Look at what you've got to work with still. Look what you've got on your hand and look who your God is. Yeah? And so he went and he looked at what he had to work with. He looked at how many men and women and children he had to work with and he said, right. And he made a plan. He went away and prayed and then God gave him a plan. And so he's busy working his plan. Now this is where we can, we, we, we get back up, we're like, right, I'm going to do this. We get all inspired on Sunday and then something happens on Monday morning. Yeah? Something happens on Monday morning is our enemy comes and says, come down here, you've got to talk to me. Come down here, there's all this stuff going down here. Aren't you worried about it? Come down here because God lifts us up on a Sunday and then the enemy goes, come down here. And he will use things close to us. He will use pressure. He will use well-meaning words. He will use people going, but don't you know about this? He will use your bills on the, you know, wherever they are. And it's like he will use things to put pressure on you because he knows what is going to put pressure for you to let go of the word that the Lord has spoken. And I love what Nehemiah says in chapter 6, verse 3. He says, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down there. I think that we should just make that our mantra. (laughs) I am doing a great work and I cannot, I will not come down there. When I read that, the Lord just went, that's what you need to say. That's what we need to be like, that we stay out of the trenches. When we start to toil, when we start to worry, when we start to do it in the the strength of the world, what the world says to do, we are in the trenches. There is nothing good happening down in the trenches. You know what? You just get muddy and icky and life gets on you. Yeah? What was that? And shot at. Yeah, and all sorts of iffy things. Just read what happened at Gallipoli. Nothing good happens in the trenches. We need to be up out of the way. We need to take the high ground, yeah? And it's like if we, st- if we get down into the trenches, we will get distracted from the call and purpose of God on our life. The air is clear and there's no button more fear up there, yeah? The air is clear up where God speaks. And if we get down... Down, down below the light line, as I say, down where the enemy tries to cloud our view, down where the world screams at us, down where our worries and the cares and concerns of the world come at us, we will not fulfill the call and purpose of God in life. And Nehemiah knew that. He knew if he got down that ladder, got off that wall, his high place where he was busy doing what God had called him to do, if he got down and talked to his enemies, he would be finished because they would come at him and tell him all the reasons why it was not possible that what he was doing was going to happen. They would tell him that they were going to come against him. And he said, I will not come down there. I cannot come down there. I am doing a great work. And this morning, I want to just encourage us that, when, that God has got a call and purpose on each of our lives. And he has a reason for you being on this planet. And he says, go out into all the world and preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Yeah, raise the dead. Open blind eyes. Yes? It's not, it's not rocket science what we're here to do. Yeah? Jesus said, do what I am doing and greater things will you do than I have done. 
So if you've been hit and you're feeling struggling, I've got some little tips for you in a minute. Yeah, but it's the fact that when God speaks to us and he imparts his word to us and he says things to us, who knows that God has spoken to them in some way, shape or form? Hands up, that God has spoken in some way. Has anybody not had God speak to them? Exactly. Anybody online? God speaks. He speaks through his word. He speaks to us in his presence. He speaks to us by his spirit. He speaks to us by visitations and dreams and visions and the angelic crown. He speaks to us. He says, if you know me, then you'll know my voice. Jesus says, I am the shepherd and you, my sheep know my voice. God speaks. And so we've got to hold on to that word and be like Nehemiah and says, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down to that level. And we've got to stay up and be aware of what God is releasing in us and doing in us. Stay out of the trenches and and in heavenly places and the realms of the unseen and the higher reality of heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you don't know what's happening in heaven around your life, around your family, around your workplace, around your city, around the streets around you, if you don't know what the will of heaven is for, for that place, then you cannot release it. That's why we've got to set our minds, it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, set your minds on heavenly things where you are seated in heavenly places because otherwise we will just do what everybody else is doing. We will think the solution is what everybody else says. When, is it working? How's that working? Yeah? It's not working. And yet we have been given the answers. Yeah? I, um, we, we watched an actual movie and I encourage you to watch it. It's called... I just got totally out of my head. What, Woodlawn. It's called, the movie is called Woodlawn. And it's actually based in the 1970s. Yeah, when um, they still had segregation between blacks and whites in the schools in America. And um, there's this young football player who is a gifted um, young Christian guy. And um, then there's this, there's this sports chaplain that comes into the school and there was race riots and all sorts of things going on. And here's this guy. They said, all right, we're going to bring the blacks and the white um, students together and we're going to merge them all together. And there was a whole lot of trouble, as you can imagine, because that hadn't been happening. And he starts, to, he starts to play football. But what happened is that this Christian guy had been in a Billy Graham crusade this during the Jesus movement back in the 70s. And he had seen what was possible when God shows up. And what had happened is that all this ma- a huge stadium full of young people had come to know Jesus. And, and it was like he said, this is possible. Even in the middle of social unrest and a lot of trouble, um, when God shows up on the scene, amazing things are possible. And if you know anything about the 1970s Jesus movement, it was amazing. You know, there was just a, a massive move of God. And, and it's like, anyway, what happened is this sports chaplain came and he preaches and just shares the gospel and says, you know, aren't you sick of what's going on around you? People killing each other, bombs going off, your school being torn apart. Aren't you tired of this? And they all said yes. And he says, well, Jesus is the answer. Will you choose him? And choose the way I love. And the whole team gets saved. And then the coaches get saved. And then the opposition coaches, who were you know, not very nice, get saved. And it actually changed the whole um, city in Birmingham, Alabama. Now, if anybody knows anything about Alabama, that's a deep south territory. And it changed it. And it's actually it's a great movie because it talks about there being one way. So I encourage you to inspire you that when God shows up, all things become possible. When God shows up, this is what can happen. And... Um, I just feel like God wants us to build our expectation of what he can do in our midst. You know, it's like Mike and, Andy, uh, Mike and Naomi, they go out on the street and it's like they have an expectation that God is going to do something when they pray that God is going to do something. You know, and if you read Todd, watch Todd White on YouTube, you'll watch him and he just, he just walks in and he prays for people that are a rock concert and they're praying for people and he just encourages others to do it. We just need to fuel the fire that was within us and if we don't, we're just going to, Get, you know, die down. And if you don't meet together and you don't get around people who believe, then you don't, yet fire doesn't get stoked in us, it just gets squished. Who's ever had their fire squished when you're around despondent, negative people? They might be Christians even. Yeah? yeah? And it squishes us. We've got to stoke the fire. We've got to be around people who expect that when they, when they go out and they share the gospel, when they get out of bed in the morning, that the devil is scared. Yeah? yeah? Because God is, a, he is bigger than anything out there and he wants to use us. 
So expect more. When God says something to you, expect it. Expect it. What is God asking you to do? What has God said to you? What has God put on your heart? Who has he put on your heart? Expect that he will move. Yes, it's going to take work. Yes, it's going to take you doing something. It might be that you have to get up a half an hour early to pray. It might be that you have to change the words you speak because I tell you what, the devil wants your words. When God shows you something up in the heavenly places, he reveals it to you. You know what happens? That's his will, but he wants you and asked me to speak. Yeah, we've we've been given that authority. He puts those things in our spirit for us then to start to declare them. He waits for us often to start to clear him. He co-partners with us and he says, this is what I want to have happen now. Get start talking it. Because we're created an image of God and he spoke and the world came to being. He spoke and blind eyes opened. He spoke and dead people raised. You know, like I was listening to Bill Johnson this week and he said, you know, Jesus, he, he went to um, Mary and Martha's house. Her brother Lazarus had died. He'd been in the tomb four days. There was a reason why Jesus waited. Four days, because the Hebrews, they would, they, they, in their culture, they believed that your spirit hovered around for at least three days, and after the fourth day it went. So he waited four days to prove a point and to glorify the Father. And you know what? If he hadn't called out specifically Lazarus, how many people would have risen from the dead? Come on now. This is the Son of God. This is God himself. And so he had to call out Lazarus. Because if it just saw come out, how many people would have come out of the grave? Because when he died and, and he died on the cross and then he rose again, there was the tombs opened. The power of God was so manifest that the tombs opened and people, saints, people that had gone before that were godly men and women came out of their graves and walked around the city testifying. Come on now. This is the power of God that is in us. This is the resurrection power that raises people from the dead and opens blind eyes that when he says something that he will back at 100%. He said, my word does not return to me void, but accomplishes what I set forth for it to do. Yeah? He says that. He says that I am alert and active watching over my word to perform it. When he speaks, he backs his word 100% with the blood of Jesus. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So what are you talking? Because the devil wants our words. He wants us to be talking about defeat and poverty and lack and sickness and, oh, look how terrible everything is. You know, what would happen, and we've done this, what would happen if when you went out to dinner... When you got together, whenever you're meeting with people, get together with those that have seen God do stuff or just start to share and see what happens when you start to share about all the cool things God is doing. We had it happen here this morning. What happened? As soon as you start to share about what God is doing, about what Jesus has done in our midst, our faithless. And you know what? The angels suddenly walk into the room because the angelic get on that stuff. They want to know what we've, you know, they're like, oh, what are they saying? And they get, and they get in the presence, you know, and, and stuff starts to happen. We, we had this happen, I think, last month. We started to share about all the cool things God had been doing and just fell up in our life. And then others started to share, you know, and <coughs> we shared about, you know, often people, they have one leg shorter than the other. And you see that. And because of that, they have back problems. Well, when we're a younger, younger where we are now, um, we had, a, we had this meeting and we got them all on the stage. Philip had a word and said, there's people here with one leg shorter than the other. And eight, nine people came up on the stage and they sat on the stage and we pushed their legs so that they were like level. Except they weren't level because they were short like this. And so one after the other, we just prayed and bang, 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 their legs grew. And we started to share this and you could see the faith lift up in the room. It's like, really? Tell me some more. And so then we talked about mum and how she'd been healed of cancer. And then she had this tumour shrivel up in her kidney, was it, last year? And so we started to share. And you could feel the faith lift. And you could feel the presence of God come into the room and the angelic. And then we started to share about how we'd prayed for somebody and their ear had popped open. You know, we were actually were just praying for them. We didn't even pray that they're deaf. We didn't even know they were deaf. And we were just, Lord, just bless them. We're praying for something else. And she said, I can hear. And we, wouldn't you before? No, I've been deaf in this air for years. And we're just like, bang. If I went round the room and asked you a miracle that God had done in your life, whether it was financial, whether it was physical, whether it was God had touched you, you would be able to tell me there is more miracles in this room than you would believe. But we should believe. 
We don't. We say, oh, I can hardly believe that. Well, stop saying that because we've got to believe this is God who, who made, created the universe and he is in us and all around us and he wants to use us. You know, we've shared about how the money, multi- we prayed over $50 when we were going to Europe um, a couple of years ago and we were like, we didn't have money for Bangkok, we didn't think we had money for Bangkok, our stopover. And so we prayed and the money multiplied and the Lord said, the money's in the drawer. So I opened the drawer next to bed and said, oh, it's not there. Oh, well, we'll just believe, keep on believing. And three days before we were to go, Philip opens the drawer just where Ivan is sitting over there, pulled it out and we knew that we'd had 30 baht. That's Thai, Thai dollars in the drawer and that wasn't worth, because that's only a couple of Aussie dollars, it's not worth going and doing the exchange. We pulled it out and there was 11,500 baht. That's 500 Australian dollars. It had multiplied in the drawer. Come on. Yeah, we knew how much we'd had in there and it wasn't worth it. And God multiplied it and met our needs so that we were able to stay in a hotel, go out for dinner and bless the kids. You know, and that was our stopover. And God just kept, keeps on doing that if we will expect him. But we have such a low expectation of what he's able to do and so we don't get anything and the devil steals our stuff. There's a reason why he was a snake in the garden and he's a dragon in Revelation. You know why? Because he's going around stealing our stuff. How much longer are we going to let him steal our stuff? How much longer are we going to let him steal what is ours? And it's not, it's like when, when we, when, when you look at the story of Israel and you look at um, through, you know, Exodus, it's a story of faith. And, and, the, Exodus, and the Exodus story, you know, Egypt is, is representing sin, you know, in our old life. And the blood on the doorpost, that represents what Jesus has done for him. He has washed, our, washed us in the blood. And so we come out of sin. And then as they went through and they had to wander around in a desert, and then they crossed over the promised land. It's not that it's always easy. I'm not saying that. And I know most of us know it is not easy. Yeah. But it's we have been rescued from sin, from slavery and captivity. Yes. We're not that anymore. We're no longer slaves. And we have been washed by the blood of the lamb. Jesus has washed our sins away, just like he, he washed their sins away and protected them. And then sometimes we're still wandering around in the desert. And if you're in a desert place and you're wondering, God, I see the promises in your word. I see what you're doing in other people's lives. I see it and I want it. And we get, we get upset because we like feel stuck. Don't worry about being in that place because you know what happens in that place? What happened in, the pla- in that place with the Israelites is that he worked in them and he got Egypt out of them. Now, you can die with Egypt still in you and you can never get to your promised land if you will not let God work in you. So that's where you got to, that's the kick butt bit where I'm coming after you. Yeah. I don't want us to go through a whole life never getting to our promised land. So I'm coming to kick your butt right now. All right. Because we, they died in the desert, some of those guys, because of what? Their unbelief. They would not believe that God had the promised land. The spies went out and they saw this amazing land flowing with milk and honey. That's the word, the promises in the word. They saw the amazing fruit. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, what he can do in our life. And they would not believe, and they were ready to stone Joshua and Caleb. And so God said, all right, then if you're not going to believe, you're going to miss out, but your kids are going to get it. Yeah? Let's not wait for your kids to get it. I mean, I want my kids to have it. They've got it. But I want, I want it. And if you're not going to have your share, then I'm going to be greedy and take it. I'll take your share. Because God has a promised land for us. And it's like, yes, they had to wander around in the desert a little bit. But guess what God does with us when we feel like we're in the desert places? He purifies us. He cleanses us. He gets faith muscles in us. He'll still provide for us. Their sandals did not wear out. Their clothes did not wear out. He fed them with manna from heaven. Yeah, but the promised land is there. And it's like wherever you have conflict or pressure, there is a promised land just there. You just got to keep on walking and let God make you bigger on the inside so that whatever is in your promised land won't destroy you. You know, the Israelites, they weren't allowed to take every city in their land because he said, if I do that, if I wipe out everybody all at once, the beasts of the field will destroy you and come in and, and wreck the cities that I've given to you. So he said, take it a little bit. By little bit. And that's what it's like. We see the promises of God's word and he goes, why can't I have that? Keep on walking. 
Keep on letting God work in your life because you will get there if you keep on walking and let God work. Because he's making you bigger so that in the inside so that no matter what externally you receive, it's not going to wreck you. Yeah? It's not going to wreck you. So just keep walking. Keep walking. Let God keep on working. Build your faith. Expect more. Because the quicker we walk, the quicker we're going to get there. Don't stop. And if you are feeling this morning like it's just, it's been too hard and, it's, it's, and I can't believe and I've been attacked by my circumstances. And I know some of us have felt like that recently. And it's like, it's just like, what is God doing? And you're down here. You're, you're down here and you know you should be up on the wall going, I am doing a great work. I'm not coming down, but you're down here. You got knocked off the wall. Anybody feel like that sometimes? You've been knocked down? I want you to do something, and I was listening to Bill this week, and I, I thought, that is such a good point. He said, he said when, when you can't hear God's voice, anybody ever been there? When you can't see what he is doing, there's one thing you can still do. Remember, and I know some of you have listened to the message because I posted it. Just remember what God has done, what he has spoken, and remember Remember, and that's why we share our testimonies. That's why we encourage one another that God grows legs still, that God opens ears still, that God heals and makes cancers disappear, that he multiplies and provides for us. That's why we share those stories because that helps us to remember what God has done and it'll pick us back up and put us back on the wall where I am doing a great work and I will not and I cannot come down there. But when you cannot hear God, and you cannot see what he's doing, you can still remember. And sometimes it's on us that we can remember, yeah? We can remember that God healed us, yeah? I remember Shara being covered with eczema from head to toe and mine going, Lord, you've got to do something. And grabbing hold of her little three-year-old arm and saying, let's find a spot that isn't covered with rashes and sores and open wounds. Just find a spot. And so we found a spot and we would pray. And I spoke because I had seen what God had said, that she is going to have beautiful, clear skin one day. And people will look at her and go, hasn't she got beautiful skin? And so I saw that in heaven. So I said, this is what we're going to do. And we would pray the word over her. And I would declare what God had said to me in heavenly places. You're going to have beautiful, clear skin. Your, your skin is so clear and smooth. Now, I know it's weird, but if you're there... You touch her, she has the smoothest, softest skin I've ever seen. <laughs> Just like that. Now, she has hardly any scars in her body except two or three on her arm, and they are her testimony. Remember what God has done. Remember that this is what she used to look like, and look what the Lord has done. That's my monument. You're my monument. Yeah? Because we've got to make monuments of what the Lord has done. My knees are a monument to where I, for 11 years, could not even walk up a set of stairs. I could not run. I could not jump. I was not like all the other kids. I was in constant annoying pain in my knees and joints that then spread to my wrists and my, and my jaw. Yeah? And God, just one day, I just prayed, God, please fix me. And then one day, bang, he fixed me on the inside and then he fixed me on the outside. So when I run my six to eight to ten Ks three or four times a week, I remember. When I'm feeling discouraged, when I'm feeling like, God, what are you doing? I remember. When I don't feel like I can see or hear what he's doing, we remember. We remember what he has done. When I look at my thumb that got (laughs) a silly thorn in it last year, And they thought, how are we ever going to get that out of there? It was this tiny little speck and they had to get it out because it was getting infected. And I was like, well, Lord, what are you doing? He said, it's going to be all right. And a whole, I could sense them come into the room, a whole flood of angels. And there was, they were there while I was lying there. And the surgeon, a plastic surgeon, comes and just, I have plastic surgeon on my surgery on my thumb. He just, he slid it open and he went, there it is. Within three seconds, it was out. I remember Sometimes it's on our bodies, we remember. Sometimes it's in our families, we remember what the Lord has done. What the Lord has done. That he is faithful to his promises. And when he speaks something, it's going to be all right. When he speaks something, we've just got to hold on. It's like what Shara said, you've just got to hold on to the reality of what God has released from heaven more than you believe what is down here. 
Because when he says something, he is alert and active, watching over it to do it. And he expects us then to speak it because then the angels get to work. And they love it when we testify. They're in the room right now because we're sharing what God has done. I remember my mum being healed. I remember her We're having no hair and going, I don't care. I am going to see my great-great-grandchildren. Great-grandchildren. Oh, we'll do great-great. You want to live? <laughs> yeah? So I remember. I look at her and I remember. And every time she has another story to tell, it's because she knows what the Lord has done. And the thing about it is we've got to always have prayers in this fire. We've always got to have prayers going because otherwise the miracle back here will be too far away and we'll have to generate that faith all over again. So always have more prayers going and more believing going, ever-increasing faith so that you don't have to generate that faith for back here all over again. Keep on believing for God to do something. Push yourself. So I'm pushing my lovely husband. I'm going to put it out there now. I'm pushing my lovely husband because the Lord said, where are you going next, Dale? I said, well, you know, we've got things we should be paying and doing. And he says, no, where are you going next? I want you to go to the West Coast next. I want you to go to the other side of Canada next. And I'm like, all right then. So I go to tell Philip and he goes, really? <laughs> and he, he wasn't actually that happy about it. And I was a bit annoyed because I'm like, I'm sharing my dream here. And he's kind of yeah, stomped on my dream a bit because he's been practical. Don't let people stomp on your dream. Let God work them out. <laughs> I love you, babe. <laughs> All right? <laughs> but it's like, that's what happened when we went to Europe. I'd waited 25 years and in the end God said, you done waiting yet? You're going to start believing me to do this? Take seven of you to Europe? And so I said, all right, we're going to do this. And it stretched us. It stretched us big time. We were counting coins and my little egg thing that I have to pay the tickets. But we, got, we did there. God just blessed us and looked after us. Yes, we slept one night in a car, but it was fun. If I'd been listening to the Holy Spirit, he would have said, go stay with Justin. And I actually got rebuked by Justin because we were saying, we slept in the car about 10 minutes away from where he lived. And he said, why did you not come and see me? Because we had lunch with him the next day. But it's like, it was, oh, and we appreciated the bed the next night. <laughs> It's actually the story that the kids most tell of that trip. They do. They think it was great. It's the funniest. <laughs> but it's like, you know, when we went to America two years later, we had, it was a bigger trip and we went more miles, more case, didn't we? We travelled a long way. Yeah, it was a bit bigger. It's a long way. And it was like, but because we'd had that, because we'd had that trip already, it was like, we can do this. And it was a push. You know, Philip wasn't working in the same job. And it was like, oh, this is going to push us. But because we'd done that, we were able to do this. You know, and God just kept on surprising us. He's, and I wanted to, you know, the thing about it, when we, when we have one win, God's just not going to leave you and go, oh, well, I'll ease up on you. Because I wanted to plan out my trip like I did the one in Europe. And he went, no, actually, you're not. He says, I'll let you do this much, but then you have to keep your hands off and I want to be your travel agent. I want to be your tour guide. Jesus is leading the way here. And so we would get in the car some days and the kids would go, where are we going? Oh, we're going that direction. <laughs> and Philip was stressing. I'm like, God's got it. Because when we'd been in, in the UK, we'd be going through these little windy roads and, and Philip's in this, driving this massive van. And if anybody's been to Wales, they know the little skinny roads. And, and I could actually, in the spirit, almost as clear as seeing with my eyes like I'm looking at Anna, I could see an angel, almost like on a motorbike. And he was ahead of me. And I could, see, and I could hear him saying, slow down, there's a car coming. And after three times of being actually, that's what happened, I said, all right, Philip, there's actually an angel in front of us and he's directing traffic. So you just want to listen to me and I'll tell you what he's saying and then you can just do what I say. Actually, woman, this is, a, this is actually good. If you don't like your husband's driving, then just ask the angel to give you direction. Oh, I'm naughty. Anyway, I'm going to pay for that later. <laughs> You're what, amazing driving. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, it was just, it was, that's free, that one. <laughs> anyway, so I, I was, I've totally lost where I'm going now. <laughs> you could have told me that 10 minutes ago. He's sweating. 
that the angel would lead us. When we went to America, he, they, it wasn't the same thing. It wasn't that we had an angel that I was... It was just like God would go, go here. And we would just have this amazing... But bar one person where the Lord was showing us something in that place, except for one place we stayed, every place we stayed in America were Christians. You can't set that up. That's just a God thing. We would rock up to this Airbnb. One had cancelled and then we found another one and they would bless us. They would cook us breakfast. They gave us free nights. They got all their toys out for the kids. You know, we stayed in some just amazing, amazing, beautiful places and beautiful people and just blessed the socks off us, really. Like, they just blessed us so much. And, and, you know, they gave us discounts and crazy stuff. We could not have planned that trip. But it's like God often doesn't do the same thing, but he does, he does, he still does it in a different way. And so he just looked after us. We needed $25,000, we thought. No, we didn't. We just needed God to do his thing. Yeah? Expect God to do stuff. When God speaks to us from heavenly places, and this is why we've got to come up there where the air is clear, where there's no more fear, and hear what he has to say, then grab hold of that and hold it. Pull it down into your soul. Let it just change and renew your mind. You know, that says be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you would know what the good and perfect will of the Father is. How do we transform our mind? By getting hold of God's word and believing that more than what the world is screaming, more than what our circumstances, our bank account, our families, our bodies are screaming. Believe that. We've got to get to that point where that is our highest reality. And if we don't put it in, and if we don't put the word in, we don't put good preaching in, we don't immerse ourselves in that, I tell you what, it'll leak out of us and we'll just be like everybody else struggling. God will be with us just like he was with the Israelites in the desert, but we won't ever fully live in the promised land. We'll get to heaven and go, you're joking, I could have had all that. God doesn't want that regret for us. But it's our choice what we do. He gives us free will. You can live your life, or as John 10.10 says, you can live a super abundant, overflowing, victorious life. Which one do we want to choose? This morning, I just expect more. Let's expect more. And, you know, I get down in the trenches. Give me a kick up the bum when I get down in the trenches. But let's encourage one another. Next time you're out for coffee with each other, say, what? you know, I heard about this. Yeah? I heard Jesus doing this. I was watching this, this episode of Todd Wider. I was listening to a sermon. Or I went back and listened to Phil and Dale this week. And, and it's like, this is what God is doing. Did you hear about this? You know, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Testimony is so, you know, it's so empowering because it generates and stirs up our faith to believe God for more. Believe God for more, what he can do. Yeah? And so I just want to encourage you, expect God for more. If to do more, expect to see more, expect to know his presence more. Because when you start to do that, the angelic gets on it. Now, when we shared a month ago with a group of people, and some of you are here, there was gold dust everywhere. And we go, why is that there? I'm beginning to understand that that gold dust is about his glory on us. And he, is, he wants us to be more aware of his presence and his glory on us than he is about any of our unworthiness or sin. He wants us to do it. That's what it's about. He wants us, and when it gets on people you know or at workplaces or you're having it, he wants people to be more aware of his glory and his love and his great compassion for humanity than he is for any unworthiness, any sin, any mess-ups they may feel. That's why he's releasing gold dust, that it be a healing balm to people, and it's a visible manifestation of that. Just like angel feathers dropping from the ceiling. is where I'm here. I'm on your side. I have got your back. I want to work in your midst. And when we walk in that reality, it's like Deb said before, it's like oil just dropping off and just making things run smooth. Not just in our own life, but in others' life. Get into heaven. Get into his word. Get into his presence. Hear what the will of heaven and the Father is for your life. And then say to anything and anyone, I am doing a great work and I cannot and I will not come down there. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just 
ingrained this word that you've laid on my heart to share this morning in our hearts and our minds and our spirits. Lord, let us expect more. Lord, I pray for an expectation to rise in us, Lord, of what you can do. Lord, renew our minds when we read your word, when we hear your word being preached, when we're in your presence. Renew our minds so that we would expect more, that the government of our spirits would come over the government of our minds. And, Lord, that we would just see you do exploits through our lives. Lord, we will do exploits for you. Lord, that we would see our lives and the lives of our families and our loved ones and the people we meet on the street. And wherever we go, we would be like oil just dropping off us, just healing oil. Lord, the people that are broken and so desperately need to know that there is good news, that God is good, that you are good, Lord. So I pray that we would have a revelation of that, that God is good that God is good all the time. And we just pray blessing on every person here. Lord, I pray every need met, every burden lifted off, every mindset that is not of you, Lord, that you would start to break it off and change it. Every chain broken right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, that we would expect more. Lord, that when we get together, that we would just lift our expectations of what God can do with us and in our midst, Lord. We just release that in the name of Jesus. We declare that we will run. We won't stumble. We won't fall down. That we will bounce back when we, when we might get hit, Lord, and that we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb, that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done in our midst. I thank you and I honour you for providing for us, for healing our bodies, for changing mindsets, for, for making money multiply, for making legs grow out, for unstopping deaf ears, for healing cancers, Lord, and skin. And, and wherever you have worked in our midst, we honour you, Lord. We honour you today in the name of Jesus. We honour you for your goodness. We honour you and we just want to swap stories, Lord, for just how, how good you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Just as a finish, I forgot to, I forgot to share with you, Justin put up a quote this, um, this week, and it's about honour and desire. And he said, The law of focus and honour is very powerful in pulling new realities from the unseen to the seen. So when you think, see things in the, in the realms of the spirit, that's unseen to our physical eyes most of the time. More God. But when we pull new realities from the unseen to the seen, it's about honour. It's very powerful. Honour and desire. You desire to live in that reality, God will start to do it when you honour even the smallest thing. What is it to you to see break? What is it that you want to see break over your life? What do you want to see break over your life? Pursue it in prayer. Read books on it. Listen about people sharing about it. So into that and stay focused. Eventually you will taste some of it. Be thankful for even the smallest answer and keep honouring it and it will grow from a small drop to a flowing river. So go for it. You want to see good God do stuff, you want to see the supernatural breakout, you want to see breakthrough in areas of your life, then honour and put into that area. Build your faith and God will bring it to pass. So let's go for it this week. Amen?